back to tonight movie. I am Sarah, as always, joined with my dearly beloved older brother, Mr. Ben Turner. I called you Ben this time, not Benjamin. <laughs> That's the first. Uh, so today we are talking about uh, another Soviet film. It's considered a, so- a historical epic called Ivan the Terrible and directed by Sergei Eisenstein. And this is a technically two-part yeah, I guess an even three-part movie, but we'll get into that a little bit later. And we're talking about the first part today, and it came out in December of 1944. Ben, would you please tell us the plot? The film follows the beginning of Tsar Ivan's reign in Russia in the 1500s, while the boyars attempt to rid Ivan of his power with a variety of different methods. The boyars are, uh, like, the Russian, like, nobility kind yeah. of thing. Thank you also for that clarification because I was deeply confused throughout the film. Probably should have looked it up at some point, <laughs> but I was kind of lazy and did not want to do that. And I didn't want to take out my phone because I felt like I was going to miss something, to which leads into the script that I have, that not I have that we are talking about. So I didn't mind the script for the most part, but I did feel like it was kind of a bit everywhere. And you kind of had to know a little bit of background on Ivan Terrible, or at least I would recommend kind of going into a little bit of background on Ivan before going into this, because the last, I think the last time I studied Ivan the Terrible was sometime in high school, and I remembered virtually nothing. Hmm. So, the script is, uh, Roger Ebert has the best line about this movie. It's grand in scope, it epic. And has the most nonsensical story imaginable, <laughs> and it really is. It's yeah. a, the the books, yes. the like everything about it, visually, aesthetically, musically, absolutely amazing. The script is like it's just bonkers. Like <laughs> I will say, it's a I, propaganda I, film, so yes, they're like, yes, yeah, it's like a, it's Very a made pro Russian. Well, yeah, it's not even that. It's like, yeah, it's that, like, pro-totalitarian. Like, they try to paint Ivan and Stalin as, like, the same person. It's extremely, mm-hmm. extremely propaganda-filled, which you see because it's just such a freaking crazy script. Like, <laughs> It's also very weird because they don't talk, I think, for, like, half the movie. It's just they'll they'll say things, of course, here and there, and you kind of follow the yeah. storyline. But then there's, like, some basically really intense staring. At least that's what I felt. There's yeah. like a lot of intense staring and standoff. Yeah. Which so Eisenstein I was both baffled but curious. So Eisenstein wanted to paint these people as majestic. So what he did is he just told them to overact. Like the guy who played Ivan <laughs> the Terrible, very overdramatized. Um, yeah. Even said he was. Uh, he would like have nervous breakdowns after each scene. Because he was just, like, so over the top Wait, all the time. <laughs> that actually makes sense because I remember it was the one scene to where... By the way, none of this is, like, really spoilers because this is kind of just a over-dramatized... Dram- dramatized, Dramatized, yeah. thank you. <laughs> I'm dyslexic, okay? That is my excuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, telling of uh, Ivan the Terrible's beginnings of his reign in Russia and everything like that. So this is not really like spoiler or anything. But the scene to where uh trying to remember, he's sick and they're in the bedroom with all the boyers and his wife and he's just kind of going around like dramatically kind of like flailing his arms a little bit like bow down to my son if I'm going to die. Pledge allegiance to my son. 
Oh, yeah, I that mean, one. <laughs> definitely dramatized. And then he just collapses dramatically on his bed and everyone thinks he's dead. One of the most... I don't want to say obscure scenes, but... What the, it's just one thing to where I kind of had to look at it like, oh my goodness, this man is very dramatic. But it also kind of plays in. And I kind of want to touch a little bit on... You mentioned Stalin. And I kind of want to touch on that for a minute because according to good old wikipedia thank you um it was eisenstein's last film and he was commissioned by joseph stalin to um to make this movie and and he admired and identified with ivan and i and then i feel it's a little bit important because this part one was released in 1944 part two was then made to which it kind of talks about um after the death of Ivan's wife and him kind of spiraling into mania. I haven't seen part two. Have you seen part two? No, I haven't seen part two. I thought you would have, honestly. No. <laughs> um, it was not released until 1958. And that's because at one point it was banned for whatever reason. I can't remember off the It was top banned of because it portrayed Ivan as crazy. And Stalin <laughs> didn't like it because he liked Ivan. And he was also like, well, what do you think about me? And the fact that Eisenstein live, lived... Uh, to yeah. you know, not be executed because of it is a testament to his popularity. <laughs> exactly. And then there's also supposed to be... A th and then that was released in 1958. Um, I think... I don't... Was I dead at that time? I don't remember. By yes. Time, okay. He died in like 49 or something? I think so. But I think, yeah, part two Of was natural released. causes, surprisingly. <laughs> and then part three, there's a third part that was also made. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And a third part... Like the... Parts of it were made and filmed, but then filming for part two stopped after the banning of part, no, part two, sorry, part two was banned. Mm -hmm. And in and the so midst of that being banned, stopped, yeah. and then filming of part three had stopped, Eisenstein died, died in 1948, and then everything that was completed, um, that was are done in part three was destroyed. Mm. There's still, there's said to be still fragments here and there. Of what, it, of what it is, but, uh, sorry, of part three, but it's kind of unknown. And, like, I'll get into a little bit more of the third part later because I do have a question, but I'll save that for the end. And there's one, like, do you have anything else on the script, first of all? Aside from being very dramatized. <laughs> yeah, and it's all over the place. Absolutely crazy. Yes. Not like Buckaroo Bonsai. We've talked about Buckaroo Bonsai, yes. right? Yeah. Not but, like Buckaroo yeah, Bonsai, like cheesy fun crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it is cheesy fun crazy, but it's just like, it's a little off-putting since everything else it has like such high production value. And then they're just, the actors and the script is just so wild. <laughs> it really is. Also, this is one, I have noticed that, first of all, you shouldn't look, if you're watching a foreign movie... Don't be preoccupied with something else if it's not is not in your native tongue. Yeah. Because you'll get confused. Um, I have done that like once or twice, but I think at one point I looked away for something. I um I think I was writing something down, like writing down little notes here and there, and I kind of just missed of what happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, don't recommend that because again, you will. Would you say? Would you say there are any dorky morals in this film? Part of me thinks there is, but at the same time, I don't think there isn't. Uh, I mean, yeah, in, like, a freaking, like, propaganda way, like, oh, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I guess, I wouldn't call it that, though. I just call it, like... Just a, kind of a straight propaganda. Well, yeah, just a very political piece about... 
I have a, there, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't make any moral judgment. Well, I don't know. I guess it makes moral judgments. I don't. It's it's weird. It's hard to like view that in the lens of today. Uh, I mean, you watch the opening credits and you know, and they're yeah, kind well, of it's, yeah, it's not just Ivan. that, but they're also talking about like all the they're justifying a lot of Stalin's purges through this movie. When like Ivan just you know kills people, it's like obviously yeah. they're <laughs> they're disloyal. Yeah. And even though like in real life, like maybe those millions of people and you know six million Ukrainians weren't totally disloyal. It's just <laughs> that they didn't like you personally. <laughs> um, <laughs> Can you get in trouble for saying that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 in the history books. Look at the whole Midor, guys. This is true. This is true. So. Yeah, I got a question. I do have questions here, but I, some of them I feel like I want to wait until the end. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to go into cinematography a little bit. Um, I know when Dad first saw this movie, he really he loved the camera shots and how they played around with it. And one thing that at first I didn't really kind of I don't want to say enjoy, but I guess didn't like didn't see much of it like kind of what that what he was talking about it wasn't until i think about halfway through the film to where i noticed the use of shadows and what would and at one point the camera would pan over to say ivan and him talking about trying to remember the scene off the top of my head and i can't remember but he's i think he's talking to like one of uh, his people and he kind of has like this globe or whatever and it t- and uh, referencing that and then at one point it moves from ivan to the wall and it just kind of and you just kind of see ivan as like this big man and him ruling over everything and making him bigger than making him just as like great amazing person or not really amazing but just great ruler and i kind of and i didn't realize it until I'm like oh they played around with the shadows a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I like that idea, and I feel like it really actually enhanced the story. Well, the shots are absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's what Eisenstein was known for. Mm-hmm. Not for a script. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what this movie's known for. It's right. ex- for extremely stylized. Yeah. And I, I will say, I I didn't appreciate it until I actually noticed the shadows, which mm-hmm. I kind of feel like, is that a little bit of a, not a sin, but right. very bad for <laughs> So what, what did what did you like about the cinematography? So it's a lot of what you said. I love the production design. Um, it was gorgeous. Also, the symbolism. This, if if you're into like conspiracy theories at all, <laughs> like uh, the Eye of Providence and you know like Bert, like uh, and stuff like that, um, you would totally love this movie because so many like s- symbolism that happens theories. to coincide with you know a lot of the Illuminati stuff. <laughs> uh, what is it, Ivan? Uh, Ivan looks like a he like has his uh robes out a lot so he mm-hmm. looks like a bird like a regal bird. Um one of his lackeys looks like a dog. Mm-hmm. Ha- like his hair is like quaffed up to look like a dog mm-hmm. in order to show loyalty. Um and what, the main villainess has like a very sleek looking clothes to make her look like a snake. It's just it's absolutely bonkers in a way <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> Can I just say something on like the main antagonist? Yeah. The entire movie, until I did my brief background to look at the cast, I thought that was a male the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and gosh. I, and I'm in the middle of watching this movie. And by the way, she has a son, Vladimir. And 
the lady is who is it she's ivan's aunt she's wants to, her like son valentina to take, or something starts with a v yeah uh something or no es, esvetina or something hold on maybe i don't hold on this is it, it's his aunt she looks yeah. like a snake it's easy to see she's the bad guy <laughs> Ephrosinia of sorry i was not even close yeah i i'm butchering this i apologize to all any russian listeners out there please do not come for me on that yeah thought that was a male the entire time and i thought vladimir her son was a female because dad at one point comes in and because when he watches movies um it's at the beginning and the two of them are sitting side by side and dad points to the screen and said that lady freaked me out kind of had nightmares about her that uh, <laughs> afterwards and i thought he was talking about vladimir i'm like oh that's a female okay i'm like whatever and so, and then it was, and then I realized, oh, later on, male, because they say, actually say his name, Vladimir. And then realizing it, oh, this is the aunt. Because they didn't, I don't, did they ever specify who they were? Or was it kind of like. Oh, you, they specified it. Yeah. Then I probably uh, just wasn't paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> so that is my bad. Um, but, uh, definitely a lot of symbolism in here. And I wouldn't say it was overlooked. But I guess I just didn't notice it at first. And so I don't know if it was because I was just lack of paying attention or... We're used to looking at subtlety and the fact that this movie was foreign, the fact that it was insanely stylized, the script was wacky. um, And then we look at... uh, and then we're like, oh, yeah, like it's like some of the symbolism is so obviously in your face, face that you that, just miss it. Yeah, you just miss it. Uh, <laughs> and again, because we look f- we're looking for subtlety, um, mm-hmm. even like what's what's like the biggest propaganda films I can think of that made today. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't watch what comes out of China. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. Or Iran or whatever. But. Even they probably experiment a lot more in subtlety than this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, who looks like, oh, that guy looks like a dog to show loyalty. That guy looks like a bird to show regalness. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I will agree with you. We're used to, at least just here with American films, used to, like, the subtle symbolism and not used to... Not nearly as in-your-face kind in of In your thing. face. Yeah. Like, it, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Mm-hmm. Like, depending on, uh, like, what you look at and everything like that. And so... <clears throat> Anything else on cinematography before we like move straight on through? No. We're going we're going by through this fast. I was telling Ben last night. Please tell me I have like a lot to say on this because <laughs> I'm like I don't know if I will because mm-hmm. I I wasn't really bored throughout the movie. Like I wasn't I was never bored or falling asleep, but it was kind of I just kind of found it tough to follow. And I yeah don't know why because I felt like going in the movie not. with low expectations because I I went in with high expectations because everyone was like it's a massive classic mm-hmm. and I was very disappointed. But like looking back on it, it was a lot more enjoyable experience if I was not recommended it so highly. <laughs> yeah. Who recommended it to you? It, it's just you know like film like articles and stuff. They're like they God. they reference it in Eisenstein. And I'm like oh this guy must be great. And then I watch it. I'm like. Eh. <laughs> This I was expecting wh- like Russia Citizen Kane, and instead I got like not Russia, not Citizen, Russia Citizen Kane, Kane. like <laughs> like March of the Eagles, but you know for communists instead of Nazis. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I will say it's like yeah. I think we've said this before. We go into films with low expect such low expectations in hopes to be pleasantly surprised because mm-hmm. that is yeah. We've talked about that before. Yeah, and everything. So 
so to hear you say that you went in with high expectations that's actually very much a surprise mm. so would you say that like even though you weren't like you felt eh, after watching it the first time after a while kind of accumulated to where oh no this is actually a really great film do you think it t- took some time to get there it definitely took some time to get there it took uh i had to i had to meditate on it a little bit <laughs> i'd look at like yeah I, I looked at some stills from the movie and i'm like actually it's a very pretty scene um and roger ebert like i don't really like looking at critics what mm-hmm. they think uh mostly because they're just they're critics uh <laughs> what, are, what are we exactly well we're analyzing <laughs> yeah exactly well exactly um and we're it's all more suggestion um plus like i mean yeah uh <laughs> <laughs> they have good opinions of like older movies but this is an, this is a side note uh critics are like famous for you you look at the old reviews for like the good bad the ugly like any sergio leone movie mm-hmm. who's like considered a, one of the classic directors nowadays all of his movies got panned when they first came out, and now everyone's like, "Oh, they're some of the best movies ever." And we, you look at, uh, oh shoot, who did *Les Samurai*? Um, uh, Frick. Hold on, it's gonna bug me. Yeah, I, he also did *The Red Circle*, which we watched, uh, and he did *Army of Shadows*, we, which I'm going to watch. Side note: Can we actually? Yeah. Do, do we're future episode? We will do *Le Rouge Circle*. Yeah, or, or yeah. Let's circle de rouge or something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, uh, Jean Pierre Melville. Jean Pierre Melville. There we go. Um, and a couple other mo- uh, film directors during the French New Wave, they influenced the New Hollywood movement, which was like this very brief, absolutely amazing movement that was like 1971 to like 1979. I think it with Apocalypse Now. Uh, it influenced Lucas, Spielberg, Coppola, especially during all three of their hey- well. Spielberg's heyday is still going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but during their three, like the heyday of all three of them, and none of the, like a lot of the critics didn't really pay attention to them because they were more paying attention to the sweeping Hollywood epics that were coming out. Yeah. Um, that eventually, you know, didn't work out anymore. Um, and it was kind of like in retrospect of, wow, these films were really great. Wow. <laughs> I can't, I can't believe the amount, like how great, how ahead of these times a lot of these films were. I don't know. It's just interesting. It's just interesting. I'm not sure. I don't know how they thought of uh, Eisenstein when it first came out, but I think they thought of it better at like in modern day kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, back to my original point. I totally (laughs) went over it. I didn't really uh, appreciate Ivan the Terrible very much until Roger Ebert said, it's absolutely beautiful. It's breathtaking, but the story just throws you off. And I'm like, you know, thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Like that makes a lot of sense. Cause again, it shows up on all these top 10 lists and I'm like, it's not that good. <laughs> I will say, I feel like this is... I feel like I have to watch it a second time through in order to fully appreciate it. Yeah. And so I... I maybe I'll do that at some point in my life. Like, the coronation scene to start off, I really liked it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, oh, that's so cool. It's like, yeah, it's a little, like, over the top. And then, like, as it goes on, it just drags. Uh, and it's just, <laughs> oh, gosh. And you have another one? I think I did. Well, that kind of like leads into like um, one of the questions I have. Do you think that this film had did an accurate portrayal of I- Ivan the Terrible, or at least just his story in the beginnings? Like, take all the heavy I don't know drama much about out. the history. Uh, I do know he was like crazier as he goes on. Like, the Terrible was not 
something it was that was after his wife died, I think. Yeah, something like that. He just gets crazy. There's like he stories of him. Yeah, he kills his son. Um, unborn, unborn grandson. Wife, yeah, he's just dude's like absolutely like crazy. He like hated all of his son's wives, so he would like send them away or execute them, which led to a fight with his son, which led to his son dying, and then that's the most famous one. Famous. Story. Yeah, and then uh, he did a lot of cool things, I think, for the country. I don't know. I don't really know much about him. Um, probably wasn't portrayed very. Uh, probably was more portrayed more historically accurate in the second film which is why it was banned uh but yeah well that makes sense because as i'm looking on like i said good old wikipedia that great source for (laughs) great source no matter what your teachers tell you it's a great source (laughs) uh also any teachers out there please don't get mad at me for that but um as i'm looking on here toward like the last line where it kind of talks about just um i until it talks about the character ivan it says the movies also detail Ivan's gradual slide into suspicion and paranoia. This was the aspect that displeased Stalin. And mm-hmm. so that might, again, part of the reason probably why it was banned mm-hmm. until 1958. Where it's like, ah, this man is kind of being shown as a little crazy and a little bad man. And I like Ivan, so it's going to be irrelevant. <laughs> right. And I had another thought. I might lost my thought. Anyway, I was going to move on to scenes and we just kind of went on a little different tangent. <laughs> The scene, one scene uh, that I kind of want to talk about a little bit is when they're at war with Kazan. Kazan? Is it Kazan or Kazan? Yeah. yeah either <laughs> or, okay? <laughs> I'm sitting there like, well, I have no idea. It's in the beginning of the film to um, have one of the Kazan, sol- Kazan soldiers come in and all of a sudden war breaks out and next scene, everything like that. And... At one point, you have some Kazan soldiers. They are being kind of... I don't know how to describe it. You have They have a wall. The Russians have a wall, mm-hmm. and then they have the Kazan soldiers like kind of strapped to the wall to where if anything comes by, it's going to hit the... Um, hit the so if the Kazans uh, throw any ammo, arrows, and everything like that, it will hit their soldiers instead of them. So they're kind of help with that barrier if that makes sense sorry if that's a really bad explanation and the russians they tell Kazan, the cousins the cousins that hey we have some of your soldiers here to like surrender and we'll give them back to you and the and the cousins are just like no we would rather have them killed at our hand than surrender to you therefore like we're gonna kill them and they didn't end up killing them so my question is, do you think that Kazan was in the right for killing their own men rather than having or rather than having to save from Ivan? That was a funny thing. That was <laughs> it was funny. Okay, so historically should, it's kind and of also should they have sorry, should they have tried to save them as well? Right. So uh that was even when I first watched it, like knowing it was like a propaganda piece, that was a little weird. Only because Stalin it's supposed to be a propaganda piece, like pushing Stalin up, but he was famous for saying anyone who surrenders is a traitor so he's trying to be i don't know so if he if stalin is ivan the terrible then like i don't know it's it's weird (laughs) (laughs) because like from a propaganda piece like it should be kind of reversed (laughs) true true but i I don't know it's it's kind of weird like he would like execute he would execute or uh, put the, put like anyone who surrendered in like penal battalions and like send them mm. into like German machine guns during like during yeah. the time this was released. So it's a little funny in a way. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh my lordy! 
also just rise in the um so the movie the death of stalin which i think this comes out before the death of stalin um it's a movie on netflix um go watch it if you haven't wait what do you mean before like like um in order of like these episodes being released Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. How to specify? Okay, in, in our order. Yeah. That's <laughs> like what in the world? Yeah. <laughs> like hold on. It's interesting though. So kind of slight spoiler if you haven't seen it. In the death of Solon, they didn't. I think it would actually, but it would have been interesting if they included just like a little tidbit of this, like kind of like this movie in a sense mm. of um, how what Stalin was going through, or at least the time that he was alive. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he dies at the beginning, which, again, that's not really a spoiler. But, like, just a little side tangent that would have been actually kind of fun to watch in a way. Just to kind of see how that would play out. Anyways, don't know if that made any sense at all. But mm-hmm. just moving on to, like, also the scenes again. Do you have any, like, personal favorites? Because none of them stuck Coronation out scene. I like the coronation, yeah. the coronation scene a lot. Scene, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, kind of hits you with a lot of the cool stuff. Uh, front loads you with a lot of the cool stuff. And then just kind of, uh, yeah, I like it. Just mo- yeah, most I would say coronation scene was pretty good, but other than that, like and the whenever the use of the shadows would come in, mm-hmm. but other than that, like no scene like really struck out to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ivan as he's uh, when you think he's on his de- deathbed and being very yeah. over dramatic and f- kind of in a way flailing his body. Mm-hmm. So. So um, going on to then just characters. Wow, we are flying yeah. by. But good thing I have a lovely set of questions for you. Yeah. Um, I love asking Ben questions because he's a lot more in depth than I am, and because I tend to ramble until I actually get to my point, and Ben's the exact opposite. Just for characters, one of my personal favorites is I would say Prince Kerbsky, who is one of Ivan's closest friends, mm-hmm. um, who later kind of turns into a traitor but i he's one of my favorites because strictly because of just his back and forth loyalty of trying to figure out where his loyalty lies mm-hmm. either with ivan or with the boyers boyer is that the term is that boyers how? yeah boyers okay and just to kind of see his demeanor and kind of how seeing his mind works of it's like okay my lord him or am i loyal to the boyers or even like another th- a third aspect would be to Anastasia Ivan's wife mm-hmm. and their son Dmitri, because I don't know if this was like it um, in real life, but Kerbsky was in the film. Kerbsky was in love with Anastasia, and went and then she married went on to marry Ivan, and Kerbsky was not happy about it. He's like, well, I kind of have to deal with it. Yeah. And at one point he said, I think it was to the aunt. That he said, I'm only loyal to, I will be loyal to Anastasia and Dimitri will be the only people. And so that kind of leads into like one other question I have. He finds out, Kerbsky finds out that Ivan is actually alive. He's aside from Anastasia because everyone, at one point, everyone thinks Ivan's dead. And then Anastasia tells him, no, he's alive. And then Kerbsky then swears allegiance to they was to Dimitri, or Dimitri or Ivan, but anyways, to the Czar's family. And then everyone's looking at him like, no, like, starting to like be loyal to Vladimir. And my question is, do you think that Kerbsky swore loyalty to Ivan and his family out of fear or out of loyalty? Fear. I mean, doesn't he betray him later? Yeah. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, so it's probably just out of fear. 
yeah, I get, part of me agrees with that. Um, because you can kind of see the, once he realizes, oh, Ivan's alive, I'm going to go swear my loyalty to him now before I could possibly die or have all my privileges revoked. And you, you can definitely see that in his face. But at the same time, like five, ten minutes earlier, he said, no, I'm going to swear allegiance to Anastasia and Dimitri. So it's kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of stuck in the middle of that one. Because you can see the, again, you can see the fear in his eyes, but then at the same time, he said another thing uh, 10 minutes prior. Also, just one thing on Vladimir. Why doesn't he even talk? He does not talk his entire part one, and I don't know why. Vladimir? Yeah, I don't think he talks at all. His mother does all the talking. Oh, yeah, he's supposed to be a... Dunce? Yeah, uh, mentally handicapped. Okay. Well, because I don't know if he was, I don't know if they portrayed him as mentally handicapped, mm. but more of just someone who was just kind of disinterested in politics and didn't right. want to be there with, there at the force of his mother. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know if they portrayed being mentally handicapped well. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you would portray that well without, you know, seriously offending people. <laughs> so uh, do you have any, any characters that really, really stuck out to you or that you really enjoyed no, they were so cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> they were all just in. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. So, question then. Do you think that this film portrayed Ivan more as a victim or a helpless person rather than what he actually is? Because, like, again, this kind of... This doesn't really feel... Yeah, they follow- definitely be- like portrayed him more as a victim than he probably was. I mean, I don't know. I'm not familiar with history, but, like, going off of... Uh, like that part of history but like going off like the propaganda part like it probably was like oh he was forced to do all these bad things because you know even at the time people were looking at stalin like dude you've already killed millions of people and you're not even halfway through like (laughs) come on and so he's probably trying to portray it like oh yeah i'm forced to be this horrible person to do all these acts my hand was forced it's like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah agree like i did because I, I will say, like, what I kept seeing, like, through online, because as I was trying to refresh my basic Russian history on Ivan the Terrible and back, I think it was 10th or 11th grade history, one mm-hmm. of the two. And I did, and, uh, and it was kind of jogging my memory a little bit. I know after his wife died, that was when he really spiraled out of control, his mm-hmm. first wife. Because yeah, I think he had, like, eight or whatever. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of wives. Um, who I, I think, like, two or three of them died. And then the others were kind of, like, sent away in some way. A whole slew of things. A big mess. And kind of, like, reading a little bit on his backstory. And from what I remember, um, his father died when he was three. His mom died when when he was eight. And then by 16, he was the first Tsar of Russia. And kind of talks about how at least i think it was um from what i read that the boyers kind of were trying to like gain all this power over him and kind of manipulate him in some way i don't know it was kind of a hodgepodge of information so please do your own research do not take my word as gospel please no i'm not a history buff (laughs) in any way shape or form um and so like maybe like that kind of played into his like his deep hatred for the boyers if that's all true Mm and be like hey it's like i don't want them to have any power and control because they've done all the controlling i'm going to control and have that sense Mm -hmm. of power 
rather than let anyone else take over which may have would con- which would probably contribute plus his wife's death just all of it all in one and then later you know killing his son and everything like that and all that great stuff <laughs> so in a way it's like he's like kind of victim and helpless person but at the same time he turned into like a really really terrible person i.e ivan as in like ivan's terrible that's how we earned his name so my final question do you think that there a third part will in, will ever be made in the future but either by russia or oh by no any other? no i mean there's been has have they released like a, a whatever they have like probably is like 30 minutes only of footage of the part three cut no because it was all destroyed like they're all destroyed it was like i don't know if they find some of the old reels that'd be really cool like i think some people have found like some fragments but they're very grainy or something like that i don't know those things have a habit of turning up like decades Mm -hmm. like over it's been like we still find stuff like a century ago that we thought was lost and we're like oh it's actually here so yeah it's bound to turn up i hope it turns up that would be really interesting yeah um according to wikipedia it says after eisenstein's death in 1948 all footage from the film was confiscated and was rumored okay so it was only rumored that it has been destroyed though some stills and a few brief and a few brief shots still exist today mm-hmm. i want to know who has those shots and what like what yeah it's probably somewhere around they're probably sitting in some old archive probably like do you think it would ever get like revived like someone's gonna be- i'll be hella cool i mean if someone finds it hopefully it's something like criterion would definitely pick it up true oh i just whack the mic <laughs> Um, also, apparently, the screenplay was completed and published copies can be purchased online. So hey, any uh, prospective film students out there? <laughs> um, no, seriously, freaking make it. Like, see if you can do. Uh, oh my gosh, what a great th- senior thesis that would be. I mean, it would probably be a little on the expensive side, but like making uh, making an Eisenstein's style, like that over the top, over dramatic style. Get some uh, play. Gets you know go to your local community theater get some players um granted the costuming is probably going to cost a little bit do black mm-hmm. and white you know kind of shifty looking uh mm-hmm. resolution yeah you can make it work apparently there was some color in the second part oh yeah i re- oh, i read something about that i want to look at it apparently they did like creative stuff with like making go from black and white to color i don't know specifically what like but. it was like little segments that they did it was like, one of the earliest color films like, yeah to- not even all of it was it was oh gosh that's interesting Okay, yeah. For uh, film students out there, do a little, do a project on that. So th- I then also post. I've been posted the same question again. Should like, do you think Russia would ever make a third part? That'd be kind of cool. Like like whether it be now or in like fifty years. That'd be kind of cool. Should America do it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of looking more as as I mean, with how Russia is today, project, it'd probably yeah. still be another propaganda film. True. Well, they. I think they banned Death of Stalin. Oh yeah. They oh, banned gosh. Death of Stalin. <sighs> so should Netflix pick this up? Then? Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Dark comedy. <laughs> uh. I will say though, definitely involves a second watch. And I feel 100%. like it, and people should watch it. Watch. Definitely don't go in with the highest expectations. Yeah. Just go in there for a quick uh, film appreciation slash uh, laugh. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Some I'll- of the cheese. I will say one last my one last comment. Set design and costuming, absolutely great. Mm-hmm. Like, for um, very good, especially for 1940s. And they played around with a lot of different things. And I like the fact that they actually did kind of go over the top with some of the costumes. Um, and I haven't like really looked at whole like 
um like historical dress wear not really into that sort of thing um mm-hmm. but i think they did a great job personally mm-hmm. and really portrayed the i guess regalness of how it all was so that is my final thoughts any final thoughts no before we wrap good. this up all right thank you for joining us on ivan the terrible hopefully you enjoyed a little bit of my rambling and ben's deep <laughs> thoughts as always rambling and deep thoughts that is what we that is mine and ben's dynamic for i think the entire our entire life basically <laughs> all right. thank you again all for joining us have a great day